0: Is Bobby Witt Jr. really worth a first-round pick for the 2023 fantasy baseball season? We'll discuss that and more on today's action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball.
1: You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. We're your number one source for fantasy baseball knowledge. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino, here with my co host, Matthew Anne. Yo, yo. You can find us on all social media platforms, podcasting apps. Just search for Locked On Fantasy Baseball and we'll be there. Please like, subscribe, comment, especially on YouTube. We love talking fantasy baseball with you. So on today's podcast, we're going to be breaking down the AL Central for fantasy purposes. We'll make sure you know what players to target in your divisions for the upcoming fantasy draft season. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. Before we get into breaking down the AL Central, I just want to give everybody a heads up. We're looking for some of our fans to join us this Sunday. We're recording a mock draft episode. If you're interested in joining us for that, please DM us on Instagram or Twitter with your email. We will get back to you with the details on that. So let's not bury the the lead as usual, Matt. You know, and uh, who are we talking about first, my brother?
1: All right, you know what? Let's hit one of the better, better, uh, one of the teams in this division that had one of the best players in the division, and that's the Guardians. And obviously, since I started with that, you're probably guessing who. You already know it's Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez, really, don't have much to say about the guy. He's been incredible over the last couple years. He's been had a solid like last four or five seasons, and he just did it last year again. In 601 at bats, he had 90 runs, 126 ribbies, 29 home runs, and batted 280 and had 20 stolen bases. Now, personally, for me, that's an all-star kind of type, you know, fantasy pick. He was going in the first couple picks last year. He's still going to go as my one of my first couple picks. He's probably what, what Trey Turner, Acuna, and pretty much Ramirez for me are my like one, two, three is how I'm looking at it. So. You know that's where I have Jose Ramirez. That's how I have him regarded. He's also my number one third baseman. His ADP is the first uh, first third baseman and second overall pick. So I'm right there with ADP along with it. You can't really go wrong because the guy's a five five category contributor. So Jose Ramirez is you know an A plus 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 for me. You know what I'm saying.
0: Yes, sir, my brother. I certainly hear you. And I'm going to be honest, there's not really much I can add to Jose Ramirez here, except that I have him as my number one third baseman. I think he's a top five pick this year. You can absolutely not go wrong with him. But let's go to the the arguable ace of the Cleveland Guardians. Somebody might overtake that that we're going to be talking about soon. But it's still Shane Bieber. As of right now, Mr. Shane Bieber uh, last year was, you know, once again, pretty dominant as a 27 year old Shane Bieber pitched to a two eight eight eight. DRA, 31 starts, which you love to see. Gave us 200 innings. You love to see that. Almost that K per nine with 198 strikeouts and a nice clean 104 whip. Currently, uh, Shane Bieber is coming off the board, um, ADP. Number 15 starting pitcher, number 50 overall. I I like him as an ace, to be honest with you. I I currently have Shane Bieber as my number 13 starting pitcher. So I think you could take him as your ace. If you get him number as your number two, that's even better. You know the 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 miles per hour is a little bit you know a little bit suspect, but he does have good uh, secondary stuff. You believe he's sitting at uh, around ninety one miles an hour last year. But you know I like his pitch mix. Uh, I, I like Shane Bieber pretty much this year. That's uh, really all I got to say about uh, Shane, not Justin Bieber.
1: <laughs> I love that, uh, Mister Not Justin Bieber, is my number twentieth overall pitcher. Ooh. So. Yeah, I'm a little lower on him, but I mean, you know what it is? It's just my guy is almost a borderline Flanges guy. If you guys don't know what Flanges are, I mean, he's injury prone. So, you know, I'm waiting to see if he can pull out a full healthy season this year and let's see what he could do. Let's move on to one of my favorite pitchers on this team, and that's Mr. Tristan McKenzie. This guy has just been absolutely monstrous the last two years. I love this kid, right? Let me read you off his stats and I'll get into why I love him. So he's pitched 191 innings. He had 190 strikeouts. He had an ERA of 296, and he had a whip of 095, right? You can't ask for more of that. The kid's great. He's literally right under a K per nine, and I think that could come up. He's almost at that 200 innings where, you know, that could bring it out, break him out to even a little bit more. And as he grows into his man body, because this kid is young. Let me see how old he is real quick, because I know he is. He's only 25 years old. So as he gets into that man body, puts on a little bit more weight, because he's a skinnier dude, you know. He, he could be a lot more solid and be that guy that I really think he can be. And Tristan McKenzie really could take that step forward this year. Uh, he's one of my favorites. I have him lower than than uh, than Shane Bieber. I have him 24. But, I mean, they're four four positions off. I'm happy with either one personally. I just like uh, Tristan McKenzie, one, a little bit better because I think he could stay healthy. And, two, I just like the better value because he's going to be forgotten about and Shane Bieber is going to be that big, flashy, neon-like kind of player where you can get him as a value and have the almost the same production.
0: Yeah, Matt. I mean, uh, I'm in sync with you on Mr. Tristan McKenzie. Kid is, uh, you know, broke out last year. The thing I love about him is he has great control. He knows where he's throwing his pitches, you know, which leads to that nice low whip, you know, career 102 whip in a career 344 innings for Tristan McKenzie. He's coming off the board as number 25 pitcher, number 78 overall. So, I mean, he's pretty much a bargain. I am in sync with – um. You know, with the, the, you know, the ADP, because I have him as my 25 starting pitcher as well. I just think he's, I think he's going to, you know, blossom into a pitcher that we're going to constantly be drafting in the, you know, top 20, possibly even top 15 going forward. But with that being said, let's move into the breakout, another breakout star last year from the Guardians. And that's Stephen Kwan. Now. If you guys were watching or you know, playing hopefully playing fantasy baseball last year, Stephen Kwan didn't strike out. I believe it was like the first month or so, and you know, he was the fantasy darling. Then he slumped a little bit and then he bounced back. But overall in the year, Stephen Kwan played 147 games. He had 25 doubles, seven triples, six home runs, 52 RBIs, 19 steals, and he hit 298. So you know, I mean, uh, I have Stephen Kwan ranked pretty, pretty decently as number thirty-four outfielder. Um, currently in ADP, he's going off the board even higher as number 27 outfield to pick 114 overall. So I might not be getting too many Steven Kwan shares actually this year. Then that holds me back is, you know, the Cleveland isn't a great team. So the RBIs probably aren't going to be there. He doesn't have a lot of pop, unfortunately. So he might only be wind up being a three category guy. If I have to take him as my number two, it's a little bit risky for me, but I do like me some Steven Kwan.
1: Yeah. I mean, Kwan's solid. It's just you know, like you said, the ribbies and whatnot aren't there for me, and I actually have him buried. So I am definitely not getting him. I have him oh, as really? my. I have him as fifty-two overall for outfield. Wow. I mean, look, he's like a he's like a three and a half category contributor, right? And yeah. you know, he's elite in like batting average, but can he do it again, right? That's my thing. You know, is he going to get figured out? Things like that. So like, I have a lot of questions surrounding him. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, he's a great player. It just, I don't think I'm going to get a share of him this year. He wasn't my favorite. So, you know, coming up, we're going to be talking about Kansas City Royals and will Bobby live up to the, for for last year's hype and be a first round pick. And with that being said, we have a great sponsor we have to talk about. And, um, here at Locked On, we are super excited about our new sports betting partner, FanDuel. Download FanDuel now so you can place your bets on Super Bowl Fifty Seven with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to three thousand dollars back in bonus bets in your uh, if your first bet doesn't win. Man, did those Eagles a great last weekend? Yeah, buddy, I'm betting on them. You should too because they're going to take this Super Bowl. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is this, is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. So without further ado, let's talk about Mr. Bobby Witt. And Bobby Witt has just been an absolute lights-out stellar up-and-comer last year, and if you were listening to us in the preseason as we were the fantasy MDs, you knew I was absolutely hyped about this kid. He just went absolutely off in spring training, and I just knew this kid was going to be something special, right? Now, obviously, he had some growing pains in the beginning of the season. He started off a little bit slow, and and it's going to reflect his batting average when I read that off in about a second. But overall, he finished the season very strong, and I genuinely think this kid's going to be an absolute star worth this year. Um, let me read off last year's stats. At 591 at-bats, he had 82 runs. He had 20 home runs, 80 ribbies, 30 stolen bases, and batted 254. Like I said, the batting average was down. But he's not really known to have a lower batting average. So let me pull up his minor league stats real quick. And in the minors, last year, in 2021, he batted a 290. I think that's kind of more his floor, maybe like a 280, 0285 .285. Let's just be a little bit more realistic. He's in the bigs versus the minors. And I think the home runs come up because the kid is a kid has power. I mean, he hit 33 in 2021 in the minors. I just don't see how that doesn't translate at this point. I think he's going to be an absolute stellar player. Now, here's the question: Am I am I going to draft him in the first round? I don't think so. And he's one of my boys. I just don't think taking a player, even though he's a fantastic, and I'm hyping him up, that he's going that I want to take the risk in the first round. Here's the reason why this is my draft philosophy, right? I like a sure thing in the first round. You know what? It's I need somebody that's going to be 100% consistent, that somebody's done it for the last couple of years. Outside of Julio Rodriguez, who I would definitely take on the tier of maybe that 9, 10, 11, 12, because he had such an incredible year, Bobby Witt had had a, had a little slower start, so that is where like he falls into that second. Am I willing to risk it on the turn where I got that 12, 13 pick? Yeah, but not – Five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. That's just where I'm at with Bobby Witt, and again, I love the kid, and I think he's going to be great. I think you
0: did. You tell us where you have him ranked as far as third base and shortstop goes, my brother.
1: I actually didn't because I was so excited. Yeah, um, I
0: know. I could tell. I could tell.
1: So he actually doesn't have shortstop eligibility anymore. Um, but no, he doesn't. Oh, yes, he does. I lied. Yeah, so I, yeah, I think he does. I lied. So he's my number three shortstop. And he's my number, my number five third baseman. And his ADP, everybody, just so everybody knows, is number three third baseman and number fifteen overall. So I'm kind of on pace with with ADP on that. So you know, right there, you're you're good to go.
0: Matt, once again, I think think your analysis was very spot on with Bobby. I'll just throw it where I have him, Ranked. I have him. I'm a little bit lower. I have him sixth at third base and shortstop, I got him a little lower at eight. Shortstop's just kind of deep this year. And kind of based off what Matt said, I, I like some sure things a little bit more. But I I've been doing a lot of mocks, guys. And once again, you know, if you want to join us this Sunday, you know, feel free to reach out. I love taking him as my second pick. I've done it a few times already. I think it's super safe. Uh, to go with uh somebody you know like if you get an Aaron Judge and then you know you turn around Bobby Witt's still there you know third base is kind of thin so you're gonna play him at third base and you know Bob Bobby's just Bobby's Bobby he's gonna he's gonna be a you know a Salzworth for years to come he's only gonna be 23 next year but with that being said let's move on to our uh, next player here let's see uh Matt I gotta do it brother I have to do it I gotta go Vinny P baby the Italian breakfast how you doing man? how you doing uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, guys, everybody loves Vinny P. And the the thing right now is if you're drafting now, you can get him as the number seven first baseman, uh, ninth pick 99 overall. It's an absolute steal. Uh, Vinny P does uh, what does this kid not do besides steal bases he last year in 72 games this is my favorite Vinny P stat he struck out 34 times and he walked 35 times that just tells you the kid's got a great eye he knows what he's looking for at the plate he hit 295 last year uh, 26 RBIs 10 steals Um, and 25 runs in 72 games, that's amazing for Vinny P. The sky is the limit for him. I think he's going to go, you know, as far in the counting stats as, you know, Bobby and Salvador Perez and MJ Melendez and the rest of that team lets him go. And, uh, guys, I currently have him ranked, I believe, is it my sixth first baseman? He's my sixth first baseman. I struggle with him and Jose Abreu um, in a, you know, dynasty keeper league. You're probably going to want to lean Vinny P., and, uh, you know, a regular standard league, I might lean Jose Abreu a little bit just for the safety. But, you know, I've kind of been being swayed towards the Vinny P side, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, hey, buddy. Vinny P, the breakfast. I love this kid. You can't I can't really get enough of him. I get him in a lot of drafts just because he's just going at such a discount right now. By the time draft season comes around, that ADP is probably going to be in the 50s if I don't if I had to take a guess. But, you know, and enough on Vinny P. Let me move on here, and let me talk about um, – wow, some names got a little moved around here um, – MJ Melendez. MJ Melendez is actually uh, one of my favorite catchers this year. He is the sixth number uh, number six in ADP catcher, which has been great, and number 109 overall. He's a lot of upside, and I think he's going to get a lot of playing. This, playing – playing time this year because they're moving him to outfield. So they're going to Salvatore Perez him. So this is going to be great, right? So they could have Perez out in the outfield to him as catcher and vice versa. So I'm, I'm loving that 100%. And also too, the kids got pop and the kids got a lot of, got, got some, got a lot of, uh, what do you call it? Control, even though he didn't really have a hot, like a hot season all the whole time. Right. So let me stop stumbling over my words and get, get my point out. So he had, had a lot of ups and downs. He was a very streaky last year, but, Ultimately, he's a good player. Let me read off what he did last year, right? So he had 460 at-bats, he had 57 runs, 18 home runs, 62 ribbies, two stolen bases, and batted 217, right? Now, that doesn't sound that great, right? But here's the catch, though. And, and again, I love this kid, right? I don't love him, love him, but I love him. His minor league stats were stellar, though, right? So let me read that. So in 2021, he had 448 at-bats, 95 runs, 41 home runs, let me repeat that, 41 home runs, 103 ribbies, three stolen bases, and he batted at 288, right? Now, that is kind of where I see him kind of returning to the meme. Not like that full outright batting average, but the, that power is going to be there. Kansas City's an up-and-coming team with a lot of young players. They're just going to be stellar this year. I am a big fan of MJ Melendez this year, and quite honestly, I think he's, he's going to be a value in the draft. Now, I don't think I'm paying number six catcher for him. That's a little rich for my blood. I mean, I don't have him outrageous, so maybe I'm not getting him. I have him as my like, number 10, 11 catcher. And I think that's more of a fair of a price that I would actually pay him. Again, when it comes to catchers, my strategy is normally get the best value that's late, right? I just figured you know the industry wasn't in on him as much as I was. But I guess, hey, <laughs> I'm doing this job for a reason. <laughs> I have the same sink as them. But... You know, let's see what happens and go from there. MJ's gonna be a great player this year.
0: Uh see, my brother, I think this is our first disagreement of the night. We've been we've been so in sync, but as you kinda, you know, I feel I feel like you're waffling a little bit because you got him ranked kind of low. I have him ranked pretty much the same spot. I have him ranked at twelve. And I just I won't I refuse to pay the sixth overall price. And where do we say he's going again overall? Um uh, 109 I'm just I'm just refusing to pay that. I'd rather go and, you know, grab me a starting pitcher there or, you know, maybe fill out, you know, uh, another get another outfielder there. And I know MJ will have the outfield eligibility, but the thing is, I'm not I, I don't want him as my number 2 outfielder and I'm just I'm not doing it. I don't think the batting average bounces back. Matt did point out yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. He's he's gonna he's gonna have that catcher eligibility, but we'll see how much they do it. I think Salvi's gonna you know be sitting back there most of the time because if he's playing, unless he's playing DH, there's really not much else to do with the old man Salvador Perez. But that out, I think that that 2021 that Matt Reddoff Melendez was an outlier type of year. In uh, 2022, he played 21 games in the minors. He hit 167. In 2019, he played 110 games. He hit 163. And I just don't I think he's gonna kill you at batting average. He doesn't really steal. He's not gonna give you too many runs. He might just wind up being the two categories, which is home runs and RBIs. And like I said, I'm I'm kind of looking to fill other spots on my teams where MJ's going. And then catcher is so deep this year. It's like um, uh, there's so many other guys. I like William Contreras, I like Wilson Contreras. I like uh, Logan Ohapi, who we've talked about on this podcast. Just a lot of other guys that I'm looking for at the spot where he's currently going. But next up, we are going to be talking some White Sox, in case you guys didn't see Matt and I uh, you know, are in sync with the White Sox gear. And will Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert finally have these big breakout years and lead you to fantasy glory this year? But before we touch on the White Sox, I have to let you know, again, about uh, our colleague Lindsay, who hosts Locked on MLB Prospects podcast. The guy is an encyclopedia of prospect knowledge. He also will be on this podcast next week. I believe it's going to be Wednesday, talking about the prospects for the fantasy baseball season that is upcoming this 2023. And guys, go please go check out Locked on MLB Prospects. But also, I have another great sponsor for you here. If you're like me, you got a full-time job, you like to hit the gym sometimes, you need a quick snack that uh, isn't high on calories but still tastes great for you, you got to try Built Bar. I'm not sure how Built Bar does it, but these bars taste delicious while maintaining amazing macros. Built Bars only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugars, and a whopping 17 grams of protein like I mentioned. Guys, we know we all got to get that protein in somehow. They also come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. All three of them. Come on, Built Bar. I'm still waiting on my boxes over here. I'm dying to try them. Uh, and now, guess what? You don't even need to wait around to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So, guys, try you some Built Bars. But, Once again, let's get back in action here and let's talk about one of my boys, somebody who I have in, you know, my Keeper League, you know, my big money Keeper League, and that's Luis Robert. You know, I've kind of been waffling on him, too, man. I I do love him and he has all the potential in the world. You know, he's... um, Big strong dude at uh you know six foot two two twenty at uh you know twenty five years old he's already in his man body so you know we're just waiting on that uh where he could stay healthy for a full season because last year Mister Luis Robert only played ninety eight games uh, that's three hundred eighty at bats fifty four runs twelve bombs fifty six RBIs eleven steals and he hit two eighty four. Now the thing is the guy's a you know, a batting average machine. He he really knows how to, you know, just get on base and hit for average. But he's one of the few players in the league that I personally think has 30-30 upside. But right now, you got to kind of pay a steep price for Luis Robert. He's coming off the board as number 13 outfielder, pick uh, 52 overall. I don't really trust him as a, you know, and I, I don't have it ranked this way. So maybe I do have to move him down, but also outfield is super thin. I do have him as my number nine outfielder, but I'll be honest with you, I don't love him as a number one outfielder, guys. If you can get him as your number two, that's absolutely amazing, but it's not looking like you're going to be able to do that this year. So, uh, guys, it, it, he's a tough one for me. I'm going to have to come back to you and hit him again, you know, when I see him in spring training and stuff like that. But I, I, currently, Luis Robert's on the downside for me a little bit, but he has all the upside in the world, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, Roberts is somebody I'm pretty high on. I have as my number nine as well. Yeah. And, I mean, to be honest, it's just the upside that's what's driving that price. I mean, if he has one healthy yeah. season, here we go. You know, that where everybody's on the Luis Robert train. So – Here's the thing: you're 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 taking the upside. I and unfortunately, we have to draft them at his ceiling, whereas I wish we can draft him at like his his base his baseline. But this is what it is. I mean, everybody's in on the kid. We all know it's imminent. It's like it's like a volcano that's about to explode. So like, I mean, if he has to be my first, I'm okay with it. It, it just it is what it is. It's the life. But at least you know that you know you just got to draft to to fill that position later, later on, God forbid he goes down, right? It just, it is what it is. It's the life of fantasy baseball, but let's move on to somebody else who has a similar, similar thing. And unfortunately they're on the same, same team. That's Mr. Eloy. Jimenez. Eloy is one of my favorite players. I can't really, you know, say much more other than the fact that I think he's bound to have a phenomenal season, you know, they're trying to they're trying to settle him down a little bit. I don't know if anybody's heard, but they're trying to move him on to DH instead of just playing mainly outfield. He'll get some outfield rep to keep that eligibility, but they want to they want to reel him in so he doesn't hurt himself. And I don't know, chase trying to steal a home run and tear, tear a peck or something.
0: Well so, Bryce Harper.
1: Yeah, well, you know, you know how Bryce Harper was at the beginning of the season. He'd run too hard to first base and tear his ACL. So it's yes, like, this, it's the same thing. But this kid just has so much upside and potential that it's just outrageous. He was the number, one, the number one prospect the year he was called up. And I'm just, I'm infatuated. When here's what he did in a shortened season last year, right? He had 292 at-bats. He had 40 runs, 16 home runs, 54 at-bats. And he batted 295. Now. 54 RBIs? Yeah. yeah. It's 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 just like, boom. And, and that little of at-bats, too. He didn't even hit 300 at-bats he's eight shy and he has that kind of numbers. I'm sorry. If he can get a whole season, literally 600, 550. That's just double those numbers, right? Just double. That's 36 home runs. That's a 108 ribbies. That's 80 runs. And that batting average is completely sustainable for him. Maybe it drops down to 290, 285. You know, he, where is he, where is he going to finish on the fantasy rankings? And by the end of the season, he's going to be a top 10, top 15 player, not outfielder player. Like, he, is going, he can be that good. It's just, can he do it the whole season? If the White Sox and him can work out a deal where he can just rein him in, I think the sky is the limit. Now, I have him ranked lower than Robert because Robert's outfield um, has that five-tool category, whereas the best comp for him for, for Eloy is like an outfielder version of Nolan Arenado. And, you know, that batting average, that runs, those ribbies, and those home runs. So I have him ranked twelve. And that's just because he doesn't have that fifth tool. But other than that, he's going to be absolutely incredible this season. I love him. And it's just I love Eloy.
0: Yeah, I could tell you do. The only the only thing is, uh, I we were pretty much spot on in everything here. Uh, Eloy, guys, in case you're wondering, uh, he's coming off the board at, right now at um, the 19th outfielder, pick 74 overall, which is a lot better than you know where you have to pay for Luis Robert. Luis Robert's one you know injury played season away from being the next Byron Buxton, in my opinion. But with <laughs> Eloy, the thing is, is that you know once again, I love Eloy as an outfielder number two, and that's where you can get him. I currently have Eloy ranked as my uh, number 11 outfielder outfielder you know like a uh, spot on there with matt the one thing that it does keep him from you know matt matt was saying maybe he could be a top 10 guy i don't think so because he doesn't steal any bases but he could definitely be you know um top 20 top 25 overall guy that batting average is a uh, very nice as matt said you know pointed out all the other accounting stats are pretty good the thing is white Sox aren't a great aren't going to be a great team this year so that might hold them back in the runs and rbis just a little bit but if you can get eloy as your number two outfielder guys i mean be my guest all right, Matt. So, so where do I go with this one, brother? I think I'm going to save you. Uh, you know, one of uh, both of our boys, but a little bit more your boy. You can, you can take I'm, him. Can no, take no, him. no, no, no. You know, what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with my uh, my one of my boys from last year, and I kind of was preaching about him last year, and he didn't really do everything that I wanted him to do. But that's Michael Kopech, guys. And uh, the thing with Michael Kopech here is the value, right? Michael Kopech is coming off the board right now. Fantasy drafts, uh, you know, ADP currently. 84 starting pitcher, 275 overall. That's Guys, that, that, that's crazy. You got him as your, your last starting pitcher, your number seven, number eight starting pitcher. And, I mean, you're going to walk away very, very happy here. Now, um, with Kopech. Oh, Lord. Uh, I fan, uh, guys, uh, baseball offense is, is killing me right now. This thing just keeps on spinning. Man, I don't know if you happen to have his stats. i, I want to read off his stats for me. Thank you, brother. All
1: right. So he did play. He had a little bit of an injury season. So he yeah, had a short did, season. So 119 innings pitched. He had uh, five wins, 105 strikeouts, and he had a three five four ERA. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, is that he – and Matt, how, do you got, do you have his age there or no? Because I believe he's still he's like up. maybe 20 – yeah, 26. 27 years old. Yeah, 26. Okay, so I'm, I'm right on there. He's still 26 years old. He was one of the top prospects in all of baseball. And I just think, you know, he still has the stuff and the potential to be – you know, a very, very, uh, you know, talented starting pitcher. So, and the value's there this year, guys. I'm telling you, take him as your last pitcher, and you're going to be very, very happy with the result at the
1: end of the day. Yeah, and you're bearing the lead. The kid throws gas. He throws like 104 miles per right. hour. Um, he could, he could. Uh, I don't it. know. I don't
0: know if he's still. I don't know if he's still hitting 100. Uh, but he, I believe he's still throwing pretty hard. I can, yeah. I, I could. While you, while you start ranting uh, a little bit, I, let me see if I can get that for us here. All right.
1: So the other pitcher, Dom was alluding to. Was uh, Mr. Dylan Cease, and this is this is a funny topic across across the industry right now. Everybody's kind of scared of him, and I can understand why. Like Dylan Cease had a, had had like an astronomical season, right, where he had a 2.20 ERA. Now I don't think he's going to repeat that or come anywhere close to that. Personally, I think he bounces up to the to the low threes, and I think that's kind of where his we're going to see his average at. Right, let me read off last year, and uh, we'll go from there because I thought he was going to win the Cy Young last year. He had 184 innings. He had 14 wins, 227 strikeouts, and he had a 220 ERA with a 1109 whip. Now, that's pretty damn good. I really like this kid. I, I really think he's going to be incredible. And here's why everybody's kind of scared of him he had a 310 FIP. Now, what did I just say? I think he's going to return to the 3 ERA, low three. Now, tell me where a guy that has that many strikeouts and that many innings with a 310 ERA isn't going to be a top 20 arm, right? You know, I, I don't understand how n- anybody is scared of that that stat. And if anybody doesn't know what FIP is, it's FIP with, with average defense versus, you know, bad defense or better defense. You know, it's your average pitch, essentially. I'm explaining that right, Dom,
0: right? Yeah, no, you're spot on. It's, a, it's guys, it's called fielding independent pitching, so it kind of takes fielding out of the way, you know.
1: There, there we go. I'm terrible with acronyms, guys. It's, anyway. an e-
0: it's an ERA indicator. It's an ERA indicator. Right.
1: So, it, essentially, like, He just pitched above above better defense. He had better defense behind him, I guess, or he just produced a better ball, essentially. And I think that Dylan Cease is a great pitcher. I've been on this kid for God knows how long. I've always been scooping him off the waiver wire. And last year, everybody just was like, ooh, Dylan Cease this year. They finally caught up to where I was. And now I just don't understand why everybody's backing off because I still think he's going to be great. And you can get him at a decent price, right? Well, not really. He's going as a number seven starting pitcher, which is a little a little high for my blood. I have him as my number 15th. So, like, that's kind of just where I'm at. But the only reason is he was almost a Cy Young winner, but yet those numbers aren't realistic. I think we drop them down. I think we get a little bit more realistic in our drafts, and we kind of get him in the, the teens, and we be okay with it. If he's going in the top ten, stay away. Because, you know, at that point, like I say, with my first pick of the draft, like my first round pick, my first pitcher, I want a bona fide stud that somebody that's done it for a couple of years, you know, or that had an outrageous season that hasn't been in the seat, hasn't been in, in the bigs that long, like a like a Shane McClanahan. Like, that's my exception. Year two, he kind of just took that step and was amazing. You know, Dylan Cease has been in the league for about four years. So that's where it's kind of like, OK, this is why I'm taking a step back on him.
0: Yeah, yeah, before I give my thoughts on uh, Dylan Cease, I want to backtrack a tiny bit, guys. So Kopech was averaging around 95 last year, which is still very, very good. A guy does throw pretty hard, and I currently have him ranked as my number 52 starting pitcher. I forgot to mention that, so once again, that's why I'm saying you know I find a lot, a lot of value in him. But let's get on to Dylan Cease. Matt and I are pretty much spot on here. The one thing that um you know does worry me about Dylan Cease is that he had a you know one of the highest left on base percentages uh last year. And if you don't know what left on base percentages, that just means that he might have had you know like one, two outs, guys on first, second and third and he snuck his way out of the inning. What you can do he strikes out a lot of guys, right? But during his career, you know, Dylan Cease is a career 126 whip guy, which kind of bothers me he had the 110 whip last year. I think the ERA could be pretty good like Matt said, low 3 ERAs, big strikeout guy. I could see, I could wind up seeing more of like a career Robbie Ray line, but Dylan C's give me one more year and then I'll move you into the back into the top 10. I kind of shied away actually moved him down to 16 where I started off on the year. Very, very high on him. As I've done more research, I moved him down a little bit. Once again, as my brother, Matt said, below some guys that I think are a little bit more of a short thing. But with all that being said, let's move on to our last team of the night. And guys, I mean, uh, I don't know how many Detroit Tigers fans we have here, but guys, uh, I feel, I feel oh I'm very in the lead guys actually we're not going to do Detroit yet let me apologize for you there's one more team we got one more team here let's talk some uh, Minnesota Twins I don't know I I I I saw Detroit on the on the you know the notes here and I kind of started feeling sad for all you Tigers fans but you know you guys wait there with us you know hanging there let's talk a little bit of Minnesota Twins and uh, let me give you my thoughts on Mr. Byron Buxton's Mr. Flanges himself I believe they're going to be naming a hospital hospital after uh, Mr. Buxton sometime soon in Minnesota But, you know, uh, Byron's got all the talent in the world. He's been the number one prospect, you know, years back. And the thing is, last year he showed us a different – we've seen so many different versions of Mr. Buxton, right? Last year, Buxton hit uh, 28 bombs. He had 51 RBIs, 61 runs, 92 games, 340 at-bats, but he only hit 224. I mean, the guy's a career 244 hitter. You know, they're getting rid of the shift. Maybe the batting average goes back up. But I like the 28 bombs. And I mean, the thing is, is that, Byron is, is going off the board as number 23 outfielder, pick 92. Do I necessarily like it there? Not so much, even though I do have him ranked right around there, I'm twenty, my 24th outfielder. So, I mean, if you want to take that risk as, you know, taking him as your number two outfielder, I mean, be my guest. Am I going to do it? Probably not. But, I mean, the guy's got all the talent in the world. Byron could do it all.
1: Yeah. I mean, I got him ranked 17 as my outfielder. Which is- there you go. I mean, it, it, it's the same thing of like Luis Roberts, except the fact that we have a proven flangy's history. So, like if Buxton can put it together for a full season, stay healthy, there's the upside. So you're drafting him at a discount already because if he was, if he were to able to stay healthy the whole year, he would be much higher than this. He could be a five tool guy, be the best yeah, yeah. one, be be incredible. So that's why like I can't really discount him too much anymore because even when he was healthy, he still was pretty good last year. But anyway, that's enough talking about him. Let's talk about somebody else that we've been like, just like word vomit over the last month of baseball. And that's Mr. (laughs) Carlos Correa. I mean, we all know the drama, right? The series, the all my children version of the baseball, (laughs) you know, where, where, you know, the guy just can't stay on a team, apparently, even though he signs for a mega dollars. And, you know, Correa just, you know, has an injury history that, you know, again, we might as well call them the Minnesota Flanges because they're just constantly hurt including their top prospect, Bruce Lewis, who's one of my favorites. You know, it's just like, geez, can we just stay healthy one time? And this guy's got a bad ankle and just just it is what it is. But he did have a decent season, but at the same time, too, it's just he didn't stay healthy for me last year. Again, so let me read off what he did. He had 522 at-bats, which is, you know, great. He had 70 runs, 22 home runs, 64 ribbies, and batted 291. So out of all those stats, the only thing I'm really happy about is that batting average. When you draft Carlos Correa last year, you would think you'd have more home runs. You would think you'd have more ribbies, and you'd hope to have more runs. But again, the Twins aren't a great team. They have a lot of opportunity, and it's like a low key kind of good team. But they can't get can't get good. Like they can't get good at the same time, right? Polanco had a very slow start last year and dealt with injuries. Um, Buxton in and out, left and right. I mean, it just it's it just not coming together. Then maybe maybe there's going to be a change. But right now, you know, I'm just not drafting Correa. And it seems like the league is kind of with me. because so ADP for shortstop, he's number 17. And 108, wow, that's pretty high in terms of overall. 108 overall ADP. I don't know if I'm drafting him in the top 110. I don't know if I feel comfortable about it. Especially since, again, shortstop is stacked. Now, if you want him as a flex, I can understand it. But he's my number 12, 12 uh, shortstop. But, I mean, again, everybody below 11, I would draft outside of the top 100, probably outside of the top 120 for me. But, anyway, that's just about it on my Carlos Correa hate. <laughs>
0: yeah, Matt, uh, you got the haterade there for us. I know we, ha- we haven't seen – I don't know if we've seen the haterade yet since there it is, since we joined Locked On. But Matt, 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 Matt brought the haterade from the MDs back to Locked On over here. So it's, it's still around, guys, in case anyone was wondering. Now here's the thing with Correa, guys, i have another guy I've been waffling with. I now I have him ranked as my number nine shortstop. I just think there is upside there. You know, Matt and I have always talked about if you know, first year on a new team, and sometimes it's kind of rough. You have to adjust life, family. Find, you know, that barbecue spot or, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you guys eat out in Minnesota. Comment comment below. Let us know what you guys eat out there in Minnesota because I don't know. Maybe Carlos Gray was looking for some of that. But the thing is, is, you know, if the team is a little bit better, you know, they got Polanco, Buxton, Miranda, Gallo, uh, Kirilov. You know, they picked up Christian Vasquez as the catcher. So the, there's some talent there. I think that, you know, the runs, the RBIs, home runs, you know, could all bounce back. Batting average, you know, Carlos Correa is a career two hundred and eighty hitter. So, you know, batting average is probably going to be good with him. And if he does, you can reap the rewards of it. I think, Matt, you, you read off his ADP, right? Yes, sir. So what was it, 17, uh, you know, shortstop? I'll take well, it whole day. Yeah, I mean, the overall is a little bit high. But if if he's 17th shortstop, I mean, that's not – it's not that bad, to be honest with me. If I have Matt nine, so you know, uh, it depends. You know, if you, yeah, Matt and I kind of are a little differing on Korea here, but guys, you know, just uh, you know, go take my what I said, take what Matt said, and you form your own opinion off of that. But let's keep it pushing here. Let's uh, now. I think we're gonna hit us some uh, Detroit Tigers. Uh, which one do I want to take? I'm not a big fan of either one, to be honest, but I think Matt likes one a little bit more than me. So I'll go with the other guy. I'll go with Spencer Torkelson. Spencer Torkelson was, uh, you know, one of the top prospects coming into last year and he kind of just did not perform at all. Kind of pulled, um, uh, Jared Kelnick on us, you know, last year Torkelson played 110 games, 38 runs, um, eight bombs, 28 RBIs and he hit two Oh three. I mean, really struggled guys. He really struggled. And the whole thing, he had a lot of hype as a prospect, you know, from that 2021 where he hit the 30 bombs, uh, 91 RBIs, 89 runs, but he only had 267. Once again, we're talking Spencer Torkelson here. Just not, uh, you know, you can get him as your 31 uh, first baseman, 296 overall. If, I mean, if you want to take the risk on him, be my guest, but I don't think that's something I'm doing. I have my, my number 26th first baseman. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm a little higher on him than uh, ADP right now, but I, I just, not, I don't think I'm taking the risk on Torque this year.
1: I don't blame you. You know, somebody that's not on this list is more of like a big that I would probably have a, over him. But anyway, yeah, definitely. Torkelson is just not my cup of tea either. Let's move mm-hmm. on from him and let's talk about my favorite Detroit player. And that's Riley Green. Riley Green is somebody that you probably heard me talk about. And you know what? I really do like the, um, just, essentially just him in general. He's six foot three, 200 pounds, and he's just a big, big outfielder. And the only problem I had with him last year is he didn't translate the power last year, but his, but it still looked like he could hit the ball off the ball off the stadium. Just how fa- that sound that just came off that bat. Let me read off his stats last year. So he had 376 at bats. He had 46 runs, five home runs, 42 ribbies, one stolen base, and batted 253. Now, Let's just break him down real quick, right? So if you look at his batting average for a guy that coming up to the bigs for the first time, the batting average I'm not upset with, right? Like, I can't really get mad at it. He's trying to figure it out. You know, he could have a little bit of a slow start. People can figure him out a little bit. And that's fine because, you know what, if you look at his history in the minors, in 2021, uh, he was was batting 301. In 2022, while he was in the minors at 75 plate appearances, he had – he was batting 279. So, like, the kid is better than what he presented in the bigs. I think it's just an adjustment period. So, like, that's just how I'm looking at that. Also, too, in 2021, he had 24 home runs at 485 at-bats, right? Now, again, that's something else to, to take a look at. I think that, you know what, the power is going to come up. I don't think he's going to be stuck at 5, 10, 15 home runs. I think he's going to be in that 25 to 30 range. And on top of that, if you look at his, if you look at his stolen bases – in 2021, he had 16. So if you could chip that in, that'd be incredible. I know Dom really isn't a fan of this kid like I am. I just I see the upside and the price is really nice too. Like he's going as the 47th outfielder. That's your flex slash bench player in 190 overall. Like, you know, in a 12-man league, I'm kind of okay with that, and especially with that kind of upside to bet on. You know, like if I'm if I had to go and take a flex at a pick 190, I'm probably, if anything, if I pick anybody else in that range anyway. If they're bad, I can replace them on the waiver wire. But yeah, I could pick him, and then I could have all the upside in the world.
0: Yeah, uh, another another guy I struggle with. Once again, once we get into spring training and there's more information out there, you know, I'll be able to form some more full opinions on it. With Riley Green, the thing is, all right, even if everything that Matt said is true, right? What what I I mean, I don't think he has at least as a 22 year old this upcoming season. I don't think he's going to come close to 30 home runs. But even if my upside thing, right, okay, let's say he hits 25 home runs, steals you, you know, 16, I don't even know if he can, 16, 17 bases, right? It's only going to be really the two categories, in my opinion. The runs and RBIs aren't going to be great on that Detroit team. I don't think the batting average bounces any higher than that, you know, 250 we saw last year. And, you know, he strikes out a lot, struck out 120 times in 93 games, only walked 36 times. So, you know, he doesn't see the ball great. It's an upside play. It's an upside play. If you can get him as, you know, one of your like your second bench guy, third bench guy. I mean, you could take him there, but definitely not something I'm doing. I have him as my 45th outfielder in that range. I would take Lars Newbar over him. I take Ben Attendee over him. Take Jake
1: McCarthy over him. Even Harrison Bader.
0: But guys, with that being said, I think we're at one point. Oh yeah, of course. Go ahead, my brother. Go ahead.
1: So this is just to defeat your point of the strike out a lot, right? So in 2021, he struck out 153 times. What do you think? What did you think he bat that year?
0: He had 301. I'm looking at it. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay. In this day and age with baseball, guys can strike out a lot and still have a great batting average. So I think that I'm not saying he's going to hit 300, but I think he could be a 275, 280 hitter. You know, and, and and that's kind of where we're just translating the mean of between minors and bigs.
0: Yeah, yeah No, I'll course. leave it I mean, on that, though. The thing is though, if you know I I, I have to look into it. it that the, the three oh one batting average is of course double A and triple A. And this I'm just guessing here. I you know, hold me to it, anybody, but I would assume that a lot of that batting average came in double A, and then when he went out to triple A, he might have struggled a little bit because you know. Then uh, it, you know it comes up to the bigs. The bigs is a different game. Look at a guy like Kelnick too. A guy like Helnick who uh, hit 300 consistently in the minors. You, you know came up to the bigs and has has done absolutely nothing. Where he was even a higher ranked uh, prospect than Riley Green. But you know uh, the thing is, guys, it's it's an upside play. Even no matter no matter what, it's an upside play. And just you know take into account the team he's on when you're drafting him. Because once again, even if everything goes right for him, most likely the runs and RBIs aren't going to be great. But, you know, once again, guys, let's, uh, you know, I think that's going to be all for today. Uh, just be sure to subscribe, comment, rate, review, and uh, check out our website if you already haven't done any of those things. The website is probably going to be the most valuable to you. You can go there. You can see Matt and I's rankings. There's a lot of information. You can find all of the episodes. And, uh, you know, thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Baseball your first listen each and every day. Uh, We are going to be on here tomorrow. Again, I believe we are doing the AL West. So, you know, be prepared for that. That will end up our division breakdowns. But, you know, lastly, before you leave, You know, if you make us your first listen, you need to make our pal Lindsey with Locked On MLB Prospects your second listen each and every day. The guy knows everything there is to know about prospects. He will be on this podcast next week. So make sure you tune into that as well to, you know, get all of our prospect rankings uh, going into the 2023 fantasy baseball season. But guys, until tomorrow, see you. Peace.